out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Yo, what's up, y'all? It's your boy Jacob Lattimore with a question from my fans on Voice America Kids. Do you have what it takes to be America's next young superstar? If you're the ages between 8 and 12 years old, then step up to the microphone. You could win $25,000 in cash, a recording contract, and a scholarship. So make sure you get your parents' permission first, then go to www.stepuptothemicrophone.com to enter. Peace. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see Who you'll be It's time to express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your hosts, Shandara Peschel and Steven Zhao, together with the Express Yourself Star on Air team. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. Now, here's Shondara Pachau and Steven Zhao to kick off the fun. Hey there, welcome to our program, Express Yourself. We're a show by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity. I'm Chandara. And I'm Steven Zell. And we're your teen hosts. Now, I know these few weeks we've been kind of jumping around different topics and sticking to broad themes, you could say, that, well, we can't go into that much detail in just one hour. But I promise we're lining up the shows in the new year and they're going to be specific, focused with topics that you will be very, very interested in. Exactly. I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because we've got a show on flatulence, another one coming up on Art of Snow, angel making, and Steven's doing his, like, he, you are Steven, you're doing a special show on hair dyeing, and it's going to be an exciting year, mostly because you're going to go for the Justin Bieber look. Uh, listeners, <laughs> that's your cue to ignore Shandara. Clearly, the cold air has kind of gotten to her brain. But don't okay. worry, everyone. We're not doing a special show on flatulence or hair dyeing. And I apologize to those who were very excited by the prospect. But I'm sorry. I'm just not much of an expert on those things. Sure you I are, guess. Steven. But that doesn't mean we can't talk about it. Okay, maybe we'll work it into our fashion show, which I believe you are starring in, Shandara. Well, possibly. I mean... I hope you are. Maybe. I don't want to talk about fashion, okay? My sense of fashion is the same clothing line for my entire wardrobe. Maybe we can have matching hair, too. Possibly. No, thank you. I'd rather not grow out my hair. Anyways, this week we're on the topic of entertainment. Movies, music, theater, opera, you name it. Well, we don't exactly have time for all of that this week. Actually, we're just going to focus on two very special guests. One, a hip-hop New Age orchestra conductor, and another, a professional dance choreographer. 
these people represent only a slice of all there is to showbiz. We'll definitely return to the subject very soon to revisit this world of entertainment in future shows. But before we get to these wonderful guests, let's look for a moment at what entertainment means to us. To start off, we would like to welcome to the airwaves a new field reporter. Courtney Tran, a senior at Miramati, has been on our show before as a mini guest, discussing her participation as the lead vocalist on our very own theme song. She returns now as a regular field reporter on our team with her segment titled Radio Junkie, focusing on, well, music in general. Courtney has had much experience in the world of radio, having hosted her own show before and is a serious competitor in public speaking, debate, band, karate, and all sorts of other things that I can't really name right now. Welcome to the show, Courtney. Hey, thanks for having me. So um, I, I guess you would call me a late blooming glee junkie. Um, I didn't discover the series until it was halfway through the second season. And as soon as I watched the first one, I ended up polishing off the entire series in under about a week and a half. And um, I know Glee's a TV show, and technically the focus is on the show, not the music, but I'm kind of a music nerd, and um, I always tend to pick apart the song choices on the show almost more than I pay attention to the show itself. So um, in the last episode, I Kissed a Girl, uh, it features Santana's conflicts with coming to terms with her own homosexuality and transitioning through a very judgmental and really very cruel environment when she's basically forced to come out against her will. The Glee Club gets together to dedicate some music to Santana to help her through this, and the first song they belt out is perfect. So this is a pretty typical Glee choice. It's a recent chart topper by Pink, has been covered on YouTube countless times, and again, pretty typically, Glee adopted the clean version of the, ta- of the track and had the gay couple Blaine and Kurt, also Darren, Chris, and Chris Colt were in real life, duet it. So personally, I don't think Glee was able to bring any kind of new twist to the already great song. Not that there was anything bad about their cover, but it was, to be really honest, pretty mediocre. I actually watched this episode on Hulu, in fact, and um, the first time I watched it, I actually just fast-forwarded to the end of the song after listening to a few seconds of it. I did go back and listen to it just to prepare this radio segment, but it really didn't impress me very much. But um, that being said, I'm pretty nitpicky, and the public loves Blaine and Kurt, and the public loves Pink, so the song debuted on Billboard's Hot 100 list anyway. The next song, I'm the Only One, follows along with Glee's more recent trend towards attempts to expand its song choice base out of the top 40. Now, Glee hasn't always had the best of luck with this in the past, but this time, Mark Salling's version of the song, I actually liked better than the original, which is saying a lot for a Glee cover. Um, It was a little bit odd, since Melissa Etheridge's original 1993 version was written from a girl to a girl. She actually wrote it to a homosexual lover, and then Mark Salling ended up singing it to a to a female teacher. So the lyrics didn't completely survive the transition, but overall the sound was pretty great. And accordingly, the song hit the Billboard Hot 100 as well and scored pretty high on it. But um, in my opinion, Girls Just Wanna Have Fun was by far the most original of Glee's covers this time around. I mean, everyone's heard the Cindy Lauper version. Miley Cyrus turned out a pretty... Really? You haven't okay, heard this... that? Okay, um, Girls Just Wanna Have Fun is a classic Cindy Lauper version. It's okay, I get it, you're a guy, but I mean... There's... That's exactly okay, what I was I'm... going to say. Listen, I'm a music nerd, and there are some music classics. Okay, basic music education. Okay, no, no judgment. <laughs> Please don't judge Sorry. me. Sorry, I 
I get to pick on Steven because he's a friend of mine. But anyway, <laughs> so um, almost, almost everyone has heard the Cindy Lauper version. And um, Miley Cyrus did turn out a, a decently respectable transition, transition version about last year. But I mean, Glee ended up having Finn Hudson turn it into a really slow ballad. And it was a very emotional, it was very smooth, well-recorded. And overall, I really do think it was one of Glee's stronger performances so far. And since it's Glee, it also made it up to the Billboard Hot 100 since nearly everything Glee does makes it up there. Uh, Jolene, though, actually did not make it up the charts at all in any country. And that's actually something pretty surprising for Glee when most of its big, actually most of its songs that it's released have ended up on the top 100 in several countries at least. And originally, Jolene is a Dolly Parton song that peaked at number one on the charts. And in itself... Oh, yeah. Actually, they just did it for our talent show at school. And it it was it's a very hard song to live up to because Glee didn't really quite manage to meet the original standard. So Dot Marie Jones is the person who plays Coach Beast on the show. And to be very frank, she sounds like a guy. And (laughs) I, I do. okay. her performance was really excellent. And it was a very emotional moment on the show. But that doesn't appeal to the popular crowd very much. And without seeing the actual show, the song itself only comes across as a relatively male sounding voice singing a very clearly feminine song. So, um, I mean, that being said, I do understand the show's message about the difficulties that a woman must go through when she appears masculine. But on its own, the song itself doesn't really convey that very well. Um, fortunately for Coach Beast, though, uh, her performance was followed by I Kissed a Girl. Uh, okay, I'm probably going to offend a whole lot of people when I say this. I'm sorry, listeners. Sorry, Stephen, if you've heard the song. But I Kissed a Girl, I think, was easily the worst song of the set. Honestly, like <laughs> I haven't Liam, heard the song. I'm I'm sorry good. that episode. I just don't know very many songs in there. I only knew Jolene. That's kind of really? funny. Yeah, I, I only knew Jolene. Perfect. Scary. I I haven't heard I haven't heard um I kissed the girl. No, I haven't. Really? You have, wait, you haven't heard girls just want to have fun, but you've heard Jolene. <laughs> yeah, don't ask. <laughs> well, actually, you know, like jo- Jolene is a pretty clear like music classic. I think, but yeah. It, I think not enough people have heard Jolene, so Stephen gets points for that, I say. <laughs> anyway, <Yay>! so... Um, <laughs> Stephen, I love you. Okay, so um, Leah Michelle, okay, her squeakiness kind of killed the song for me. Like, she's a great singer, don't get me wrong, but I mean, she's better suited for stuff like Barbara Streisand, Celine Dion, show tunes, Broadway tunes, big songs. Like, she did really great on Don't Rain On My Parade in the first season, and every Barbara Streisand song that's appeared on the show has been great, but I mean... Yeah, Something... she's better with theatrical stuff. Yeah, definitely. I agree. That is true. Like her her voice is very it's very clear, it's very big, it's very strong, but it's hard for her to get into the, you know, deeper, grittier, tougher tunes. Not tough as in like the difficulty as it is to sing, but tougher as in much more pop culture related. And um I don't know, something as poppy and as gritty as Katy Perry music really works better for Naya Rivera, who's, I mean, Santana's the focus of that episode anyway. For those of you who don't know, I mean, Naya Rivera is the actress who portrays Santana. And watching the performance, watching the performance itself in the show made it interesting for me since, I mean, okay, it's a group piece by all the Glee girls, and it's quite a lot of pretty risque choreography, and it keeps you watching, but the song, I don't I don't think it could nearly stand as well on its own. The piece would have been a lot stronger, in my opinion, without Leah Michelle's input, 
Santana could have handled the song very well on her own, or even with some input from, say, Quinn Fabray, played by Diana Agron on the show. Uh, but, I mean, Glee's cover version of I Kissed a Girl debuted on Billboard since, I mean, it's Glee. Everything they get debuts on Billboard. But thankfully, not quite as high as Perfect or as high as Girls Just Want to Have Fun, which I think said there's a little hope for, there's at least a little bit of hope for today's popular music industry. Anyway, um, Constant Craving, which was the last song that really saved the song list, I think, with a very respectable rendition of Katie Lang's 1993 single, which in- incidentally Katie came out the same year. Katie Lang, you know her? Yeah. Yeah, because... Um, I'm a music fiend, so... Definitely, okay. <laughs> you guys are digging so deep into Glee. I mean, I watch it, but not, I, like... You do watch, watch Glee? It. Glee is Yes, amazing. I watch it, but I don't watch, like, every single second in that way, but... Anyway. I don't know. I, I watch Glee more for the music, because I, I love music. That is I, true. I, I'm a fellow music fiend, Shandara. Anyway, um... So thank Kate, you so like, much. I definitely yes. think she gets enough respect, yeah. Um, Courtney, thank you so much for taking us into a very deep rendition of Glee, but we have to move on now. Yeah, Unfortunately, no we can't come back to talking about flatulence and Glee and all sorts of things, but let's just go to a quick break. I don't when know, we I return... flatulence. <laughs> yes, I, I think we should weigh the differences of which topic is better sometime. I second that. When right. we return, our first guest, Double G Galegos, describes his experience as an orchestra conductor, but not just any normal one, a hip-hop orchestra conductor. Learn more about this fascinating genre of music after the break. You're listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where the teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Stephen Zhao. And I'm Chandara Pashal. Don't go away. We'll be right back. See forever. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune into Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good... Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. (laughs) 
You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hey, everyone. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. My name is Stephen Zhao. And I'm Chandarapa Shaw, and we're your teen hosts. For this segment, we're having Double G Gallegos, and he is a conductor of the 70-piece hip-hop orchestra called Da Ka. Double G has graduated from the Berkeley College of Music. He was born in Honolulu, Hawaii, and currently lives in Los Angeles, California. He is a producer, composer, music director, and band leader. And he has also worked with art- artists such as India Ari and Nine Inch Nails, both of which I have not yet heard of and I probably should look up right now. <laughs> He's conducted at major ven- venues such as the Walt Disney Concert Hall, Hollywood Bowl, Royce Hall at UCLA, and many other places. Welcome to the show, Double G. Hello, thanks for having me. Hey, nice to meet you. So why don't you give us a quick background of what you do and what is this hip-hop orchestra that you've told us about? Well, we are based here in L.A., and it's basically the idea is to create a, a symphonic experience using music that's a little more relatable to people alive right now. Um, I love symphonic music, and I love hip-hop, and uh, found a way that they can combine and collaborate together. And that ends up happening on the stage, too, with the musicians. We have a lot of different kinds of musicians involved with the group. And uh, it's kind of like a rolling party. It's a pirate ship, you know? Do you have any examples of different songs you've done in that style? Well, some of the classic hip-hop tracks that we've adapted for symphony orchestra. Um, we Most recently, I did a, an arrangement of music from Sugar Hill Records, which was kind of like the first wave of oh, yeah. internationally distributed <laughs> hip-hop music in the 70s, early 80s. And, uh, I mean, that's kind of the spirit of hip-hop that I would love to preserve and see continue on, which was more of a community involvement. I mean, the whole genre started in the park, you know, it was just a party and I love that element of hip hop, and that's what Dakka does really well. The orchestra um, music is our community. It's kind of like we're a family with with music as the as the link to each other. And so, okay, so does anyone want to describe to me what exactly hip hop is? Because I'm feeling very, very, oh very goodness, stupid Steven. right now. <laughs> like the definition, definition. I oh, know what it is. I think ish. <laughs> well, the best definition I heard came from Chuck D of Public Enemy, and and hip hop is is urban culture especially from that time frame from Bronx, New York. That's where the whole thing started off. Um, I wasn't there personally, obviously, but um, I've listened to a lot of recordings and and I have a love for the music and I really want to do my best to make it good. And so to, def- to define what you're talking about, hip hop itself is, a, is a, an urban um, culture rooted in New York and it involves rap music, it involves graffiti painting, it involves dancing and DJing. And that's kind of like my job as the conductor. I'm kind of like the DJ, except instead of a couple record crates, I have 70 musicians and a bunch of sheet music to bring. That's a lot of musicians. How did you get started with this? Like, what, what, was there a thought that came to you one day that you were like, I want to start a hip hop orchestra? Well, yeah, there's, well, aside from the the delusional insanity that one would need to do that. um, (laughs) I think think, one would need delusional insanity for anything nowadays just (laughs) to get any invention out there. 
yeah, it's like it's a healthy dose of edge. Um, <laughs> but to answer your question specifically, um, I was working as a as an apprentice to a, a maestro, to a conductor, and I had already had my composition degree from Berkeley. And I was studying a lot of classical music. I was studying music, just any kind of music. I was really more into jazz and funk. And then uh, that was my day job working for the conductor. And then at night, I was going to this club called uh, So What, which was a, there was like a, it was early 90s hip hop DJs. And I would bring my saxophone down there and just kind of jam along with the DJs, learn the music and play some symphonic themes over the top of the beats. And that's kind of where the, the gestation of the idea came. Um, the idea of a funky large ensemble has been going on for a long time. You know, I mean, like even all the way to Brazilian samba schools, like that's the same concept. Wow. As our, you know, it's like to just get a group of lar a group of people playing dance music, which I mean, that's another definition of hip hop right there. Like if it doesn't make you dance, then, you know, it's probably something else. That's for those that for listeners, I'm dancing right now awkwardly underneath <laughs> my microphone, just like snapping my fingers. Okay, I should stop talking. I'm glad this is not a video conversation. I'll say that much. <laughs> very, very glad. Oh, also, dancing. people usually don't want to see a messy room behind me. Oh, it's all right. So, WG, I understand you made an award-winning documentary called The Hip Hop Maestro that debuted in 2011. Why don't you tell us the story of this and how exactly what it is talking about, how it came about, and its impact right now? Sure. Well, um, first of all, I didn't make the movie. I'm I'm the subject and like the star of the movie, but it was made by a woman named Christine Lee. She's a friend of mine here in LA, and she came to a Dakar show in 2001, and has been gathering footage. She comes films concerts. We she came with us on the road. We were pretty active 2004, 2005, 2006, going on tour, and she came with us on some of those trips and got a lot of great footage, and has taken the time to cut it all together and it's kind of like a story about Dakar coming from the underground to our uh, Disney Hall concert uh, concert hall debut, which is a big concert hall here in L.A. And so it kind of traces the, the journey of the orchestra from my perspective, mainly because she was following me most closely. But there's also some interviews with some of the other musicians, some good concert footage. And the most, I guess, to answer your question about the impact now is since we are still kind of an underground group, it's, it's become kind of like a family album looking at that movie, you know. Wow, that's a really nice picture of how one can be able to get into such prestigious venues such as that Walt Disney Concert Hall. I have to say, I've heard about it, but I never realized I would be talking to someone who actually played in it. Do you want to tell <laughs> us a little bit about your experience in that place and how oh, you got booked at it? Sure. Well, they um, we were invited to play there in the first year it opened. It opened in 2003, and our, we played there in the 2003-2004 season. And it was definitely an honor to be there. I think we were probably the first hip-hop group to play there. Um, and I definitely did my job christening the guest conductor suite. Um, we had a little after party in there. And that was, you know, we did our best to to live up to the rock star fantasy with that. And uh, we the, the place itself is just amazing. Like, it's a beautiful venue. It's made specifically for listening to music. Which, I mean, in itself, is uh, it's an honor to play in any venue like that. Where the whole idea is people pay ticket, pay money. To sit down and listen to the music. I mean, that's a that's your best honor as a musician is to have a, an attentive listening audience. Yeah, especially because it's actually, pretty yeah. rare. Well, yeah, with music, especially with dance music, a lot of times you get roped into to just kind of sweating out the crowd so they go buy more drinks at the bar. You know, that's kind of like yeah, what, yeah, what the gig is. And so to play our kind of music in a listening environment was very rewarding. 
That sounds really amazing, especially in such a famous place like that. I know Disney pulls off quite a few interesting things. For those that haven't heard about the Club 33 at Disneyland, some special club just for those who knew Disney or something. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm very impressed. That must have been an amazing experience, Double G. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. I mean, for, you know, I started as a saxophone player in, in public school band. How and old were you when you started playing? When I started playing, I was in fifth grade. I was 10 years old when I first started. Wow. And I'm what 41 f- now. What were your first experiences on, like, your first gig or stuff like that? Oh, well, I'll tell you. I mean, that's kind of what gave me the bug. And especially for any younger musician out there right now. Um, I got the bug the same way. I, I mean, it's the same thing I do now. You know, my first gig was when I was 15 and I took a road trip with this swing band playing like big band jazz music. I was playing baritone saxophone and I could read music. So they hired me for the gig, I paid me a little bit of money and went to play this, this gig, you know, and the whole idea was we just, we took the trip over there. And then at the end of the gig, you know, I nailed my part and I'm hanging out with the older guys in the hotel room, watching MTV and just hanging out, partying with the older guys. And it's kind of like, the same thing now you know that's that's the gig is you go play that's so you go, great oh yeah it was pretty i mean it gave me the bug and that's why i'm that's probably why i'm still a musician is because i just had a great time and realized wow I, they gave me money to do this <laughs> at, at 15 what was included in those rock star parties <laughs> okay that's an awkward silence right there. no that's not an awkward <laughs> silence that's a neither confirm nor deny <laughs> Well, I have to say, like speaking for on behalf of someone who does want to consider pursuing some kind of some kind of music thing in the future, I really think it's it must have been a great experience. And I see exactly how you would catch that bug, as you call it, just by being on the tour and knowing what it's like to live a music life. Exactly, and and I think the main thing was that that the older uh, members of the group treated me with respect. Um, all I had to do was do my part well, and I nailed my you know I learned the music and did it did it the best I could do it. And then as a result of that, they showed me a lot of respect. And that's really what gave it to me is understanding the fellowship and family that's created in a band. And I think that's the most important thing too, for, for any musician is to just not be a jerk, you know, like yeah, it's the chemistry <laughs> that goes on. Exactly. It's so much about the chemistry and, you know, nobody wants to play with, with a jerk, man. And so if, if you're hard to work with, it gets harder and harder to work. Yeah, and definitely. So, you know, so, as, uh, go ahead. So how did you go from there to where you are now? Like uh, from you, I I learned you graduated from the Berkeley College of Music. So from then on, you just pursued music and your studies and everything else? Pretty much. Well, I mean, once I was, I started gigging, you know, like I said, I started gigging when I was still in high school and then gigged throughout college. Um, Boston is an amazing city for any college student. And uh, so there's a lot of performance opportunities, um, Different. I was in a salsa band, and there's a, a large Puerto Rican community in the Northeast, and so we would go on dance hall to dance hall to dance hall playing these these salsa tunes, and that was such a great experience, too, because, I mean, talk about great dancing at those parties. It was just such a fun thing for a 19-year-old, 20-year-old kid, yeah. jazz head, you know, like, I'm, I want to learn, you know, I want to play like John Coltrane, but really, that's when I realized that Nobody really wants to hear that unless they're dancing and having fun. And so I kind of made the association at that point of like, okay, the dance elements are very important for me. I like to be a part of it, you know. Yeah, Double G, thank you so much. You're painting a very amazing and inspiring picture for anyone who's interested in music in the future. And we really are glad to interview just for that purpose right now. Awesome. Yes, thank you so much for joining our show. 
we had to take another quick break, but Double G Galegos, thank you for appearing and exposing us to the various wonders of entertainment. Check out his website at soundcloud.com slash Stravingus. That's S-T-R-A-V-I-N-G-U-S. Double G, we will hope to have you on very soon in future shows, and glad. For, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate you for your time. Next segment, we'll be having Jeremy Copeland, an accomplished dancer and choreographer from Los Angeles. I'm Stephen Zhao. And I'm Chandara Pashal. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network. You should visit us at btsya.com. We'll be right back. Yo, what's up, y'all? It's your boy Jacob Lattimore with a question from my fans on Voice America Kids. Do you have what it takes to be America's next young superstar? If you're the ages between 8 and 12 years old, then step up to the microphone. You could win $25,000 in cash, a recording contract, and a scholarship. So make sure you get your parents' permission first, then go to www.stepuptothemicrophone.com to enter. Peace. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. It's almost showtime. Tune in to Curtain Call every week for the latest happenings from the world of theater. It's news and reviews, both on stage and behind the scenes. If you've ever wanted to be a stage actor, theater director, or work behind the scenes in production, this is the show for you. Your hosts have been there and done that, and will answer all of your questions right on the air. Listen for Curtain Call. Weekly performances are happening Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. What is No Antipreservatives all about? Well, it might be easier to say what isn't the show about. Your host will give it to you straight. His take on film, television, books, video games, and pretty much any other topic that comes up. He'll keep you safe and on top of the latest in media and let you know what to stick with and what to trash. Listen every week to No Added Preservatives, and each show will leave you wanting more. Tune in Wednesday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv. Just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support. You. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hey there, thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. My name is Steven Zhao. And I'm Chandara, and we're your teen hosts. 
Now for this segment, our original guest of Jeremy Copeland on the theme of entertainment was sadly unable to make it. So instead, we are featuring Perry Damone, our show's very own technology geek who <laughs> records, edits, and posts all of our shows. Perry comes from an amazing entertainment family with a father, Vic Damone, singer, and Perry Angeli, the mother, an actress who has appeared in movies from Battle of the Bulge to Somewhere Up There Likes Me. Perry currently is the program director for Voice America Kids and the Voice America Kids TV channel, the new network. He is also the founder of the Kids Star Educational Program, a long-running organization that he has been involved with for the past 25 years. Welcome to the show, Perry. Hey, thanks, Stephen. What an honor. My God, We're definitely happy to have you here, especially I, since you're here every week recording us anyways. Well, exactly. it's, it's, it's one of my favorite things to do, guys. Uh, you guys are awesome, and, and I enjoy you know every minute of it. My gosh, I'm, I'm stepping into some pretty big shoes here filling in, so um, I really appreciate you guys asking. Yeah, we're really looking about who you are as a guest, and hopefully you live up to that honor. Oh, no pressure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Perry, why don't you give us a little bit of a background? I mean, we know you come from an entertainment fa fa family, but what else do you have to say? Well, I, I do come from an entertainment family. Um, I, I could write a book, but I won't. Uh, <laughs> just, you I'm should. Not, I'm not going to follow in those footsteps. But uh, yeah, I was raised, um, basically, I, I, was, I was born in uh, Beverly Hills in, in uh, California and spent a little bit of time, uh, about a year or so, uh, in Los Angeles. And then um, I went to live, uh, I, I went to live uh, in Europe with my mother in Italy. So I actually, guys, I actually grew up uh, in Italy, and then about 10 years old, I actually came back to the United States, where I had to uh, learn how to speak English. Wow. So, so really kind of Italian, I would say, is like my first language. And English Will you is. Can you see a sentence for us? Si, va bene, come stai, cara? Shandora. Shandora, come stai? Stai bene? Stasera. Grazie. Uh, uh, wait, wait. Steve, okay, Steve. I, I'm actually not that good with second languages, even though I, <laughs> I do know a bit Chinese and French. So uh, that kind of sounded like. Shandora. No, I didn't understand that. <laughs> okay, hold on, I'll do something. All right, Shandora, pizza, la pasta. <laughs> okay, nice, nice. Okay. Yeah, so anyway, I I grew up in, in Italy and uh, came back over here and I went to L.A. and I actually went to uh, Brent, uh, Brentwood Academy, which is a military school in Los Angeles and was raised in this entertainment world. Uh, uh, it's funny. Do you know who Dean Martin is? And do you know? Uh, yes. You do? Okay, well, Dean Martin used to come to our house all the time. And we had, uh, I don't know if you remember, a, wow. a gentleman called Robert Goulet. He used to be at the house. And probably somebody that you know, uh, Don Adams. Now, he actually was in the original Get Smart series. Do you remember him? You miss me by that much. Remember him? I've heard of it. Okay. Well, you got to get some, some like, um, uh, series to watch those. I mean, Get Smart was hilarious. It was hysterical. So those guys used to hang around the house, and, and between that and going to school, and then my dad was also performing in Vegas, so I spent a lot of time in Las Vegas, which is really cool, because you get to hang with, you know, all the best of the best. So, Perry, obviously you're not, like, the one of the huge movie stars right now. What got you out of that business? It sounds like you grew up in the Hollywood area. Why, what are you, how did you get into what you're doing right now? Well, I had, it's a great question. My passion, Stephen and Shandora, is radio. 
uh, when I came back to the United States, radio really just saved my life. Um, because when I was boarding, I was actually boarding in a military school. So at night, I'd have my little transistor radio, and I have it under the pillow, and I'd listen to uh, Vin Scully calling Los Angeles Dodger baseball. So I listened to Vin Scully for you know ev- almost every time I could do it. I'd put the you know under the pillow, and then I'd listen to a station in Los Angeles called KHJ ninety three KHJ. And at that time, they had great broadcasters like Charlie Tuna, uh, the real Don Steele, uh, Robert W. Morgan, all those guys. And I actually started, you know, kind of, they were like my, like my family, basically, because I listened to them every day as much as I could. And, and from that point on, now I was like, I don't know, 11 years old at that time, 11, 12, right in there. And I, I just fell in love with radio. And here I am 56 years later. And I'm, I'm kind of living vicariously through you guys and sharing the experience of radio the way I experienced it when I was, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old. Um, so the radio, you got a passion for it. You got to have a heart for it. I mean, just once you do it, it's just, it's, it's so hard to let go. It's just a special, special, um, you know, uh, it's a special, how do you say it? Industry, I guess. Um, so yeah, definitely. We yeah. all really understand the idea of pursuing our passions to such an extent. So could you tell us what exactly about radio is makes you so passionate? I know you grew up listening to it, but what about the idea of our voices being transmitted by the airways that got you so interested in it? Well, it's it's really giving you a voice to the world. I mean, at this point in technology where we are today, you know, you two and, and the rest of the crew on Express Yourself, I mean, you're talking to 98 countries and more. You know, I mean, it's it's just an amazing technology. I always was, when I started in radio, I always said, we belong to the community. Radio belongs to the community. Community service, things that we can do as a radio broadcaster, help with the American Cancer Society or, you know, the Diabetes Association, whatever we could do. Um, to help through radio, we belong to the community. And I always said when the community belonged to the radio station, when the big conglomerates come in, then it kind of loses the passion for it. So I was with Clear Channel for, for many years. Um, I was also with Bonneville Radio. And, and I started Kidstar in 1987. So we're really going wow. on 25 years that I've been working in schools and boys and girls clubs, taking radio and putting in the schools and sharing radio with these kids, not just for something fun, but this is for something to open the doors to the future. So through a microphone and the voice of the world, if you're 12 years old and love cars, then you know what? You're going to get in the car industry. You're going to test drive cars at 13. That's between you and me uh, because it really happened <laughs> here in Phoenix um, <laughs> with one of our shows, Kids and Cars. But, but you know, at 13 and 14 and 15, you're getting exposed to the industry that you're going to be going into in the future through a microphone. You're already interviewing all the dealers, you know, the, 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 the GMs, the, the, how do you get credit to buy a car? Uh, talking to the service people, how the engine works, things like that. So that's kind of what, you know, that's where we are right now. If you look at voiceamericakids.com, even Kidstar, look at all the opportunities and what kids are talking about. I mean, some really cool stuff. So All uh, kinds of things. Yeah, all kinds of things. Um, I, I have a question. How do you think radio has changed with the Internet? That's a great question. Well, radio's changed in a couple ways. Ra- radio, when, when I started, the, the, the disc jockeys on the air were able to pick their own music. And the cool thing about radio, it comes from the heart and the soul. So when, when we had a chance to pick our own music, it depended on the mood of the day. 
So if I was feeling a certain way, there's a certain psychological thing. I'm going to be picking certain kinds of music, almost like an artistic form. And that's what made radio so special because if you heard the enthusiasm of the disc jockeys that used to be on the radio, it's because they were picking stuff that, that actually made them feel good it, or, you know, a little melancholy or, you know, in fact, I'll tell you something magical about, about radio. I was on the air for, oh my gosh, 35 years. And whenever, I mean, I always smile on the radio because I love it. You know, I just enjoy yeah. what I'm doing. And it's people a, can hear a smile. They can hear a smile. And also, if you're feeling bad, Shandor, you know, and you go on the air and you put that smile on, I will guarantee you that you're going to get 10 to 15 calls of people going, hey, you okay? Is everything all right? And, you, you know, you're smiling, <laughs> but it's like radio is just, it's so magical because it's all, you know, it's almost, it's just like theater of the mind. And, uh, you know, when I was on radio in Phoenix for 17 years, a lot of the listeners grew up with me. I went through, I mean, I had a listener by the name of Stephanie, and, you know, she was 10 by the time, you know, 17 years passed. You know, she's in her 20s and we kind of, you know, she'd call me every day and, and talk to me, everything from schoolwork, you know, to her first date, to what she should make, to all of that stuff. I mean, that's all part of Remember I said, we belong to the community, and the community yeah. embraces that. So that's the beauty of, of radio. Now things have changed because the music's being picked for you. It's all kind of, you know, well, what music works here and what music works there, the jock doesn't have. And a lot of the jocks that you hear on the air are not even there. They're they're from other parts of the country, and they kind of it's it's uh, it, it's just not right, you know. And and you lose jocks in the community. You you lose a lot of people that can help you with your causes, and that's that's the bummer of it. It's uh, it's called voice exporting, and it's big companies do it to save money, and it's just not right. It's an wow. industry you shouldn't want to save money. It's an industry <laughs> that you get together and bring the community together, play the music that you love, show and share your passion. And that's what that's what it's all about. That's Definitely. where the importance is. Yeah, sometimes I think it's easy to get lost in thinking that radio is just another um, business to go into when it's actually just a passion that we all pursue. Like, you don't really pursue radio to get rich, honestly. You do it because you want to get your voice shining out to for others to listen to. Yeah, I mean, if you have a morning show, well, you know, God bless you. You know, you got a morning show, you're making a lot of money. As long as you got the passion, there's nothing wrong with making the money. Yeah, but, you know, true. I mean, I never made a lot of money, and I was in it 35 years, and I didn't do it for the money. I did it because cause I wanted to – I just loved radio. I loved going to work every day. It's not even work. And then and then getting in the schools and talking to kids and getting them excited about radio. I mean, that's what it's all about. I, I've been – you know, even though gone through a lot of struggles, you know, I'm, I'm still doing what I love to do. And, you know, that's a blessing for me. Mm-hmm. So, Perry, tell us finally what – exactly you do right now we know you're the uh, radio star program with the voice america kids and kids star educational but what exactly do you do on a day-to-day basis in terms of entertainment well i'm a teacher one of the things i do during the week i teach at starshine academy uh the other i the other days i'm at voice america kids we're bringing more kids to the network uh we're giving more kids a, a chance to a voice you know, uh, voice themselves to the world, and we take their passions and hobbies and what they want to do in the future and create radio shows around them. This is what we do daily. I mean, we're up to 31 uh, network shows. We've got 14 shows behind right now in pre-production. We're going to be over 50 network 
show is all run by children. And I got to tell you guys, VoiceAmericaKids.tv, the television network, will be launching in January of 2012. Oh, wow. We are definitely listen to, listening to that then. Okay. <laughs> yes. Perry, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm sorry we're out of time, but you've got, brought a great inspiration of what radio really means. And I think we can all latch onto that phrase that we are here because we're out here for the community. And I think that's a great idea to, uh, to uh, take away from this segment. Well, I'll tell you something. You guys are, are my heroes. I mean, you guys are the ones that keep me going. So thank you for that, and, and thanks for being part of the network and Cynthia Bryan for bringing this opportunity to you guys. You know, this is awesome to hear you every week. Yes, we're extreme honor for us. This is an amazing yeah. situation, amazing experience. So we're going to take a quick break. Listeners, that was Perry Damone, director of Voice America Kids and Voice America Kids TV channel. Listen to him online at www.voiceamericakids.com. You can check out all the 50 shows and more that we were mentioning during this segment. Your, uh, sorry, next segment, we're going to wrap up the show with a final field reporter. You are listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Stephen Zhao. And I'm Chandar Pasha. Um, we'll be back in a bit. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You just love your pets, but sometimes they can get to be a handful. And just when you think you have them under control... And that's when things get, well, crazy. For help, tune in to Paul's Around the World. You'll get the inside secrets on keeping your pet the friend it's supposed to be, along with stories to keep you warm and fuzzy. Listen Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. There is so much going on in the tech field. The Technology Show is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to The Technology Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Kids. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hey everyone, thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself. 
giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. My name is Stephen Zhao. And I'm Chandar Pashal, and we're the teen hosts for this show. Now, we've heard some of the best of entertainers this episode. From Double G, the hip-hop orchestra conductor, to Jeremy Copeland, professional dance choreographer. With us today is field reporter Vivian Lee, presenting her segment of Say What? And she'll be our other source of entertainment. Hey guys, it's Vivian Lee from Walnut Creek, California, presenting Say What? And yes, I'm here with your weekly dose of fun facts. So today's theme is entertainment, and that kind of goes into theater, movies, and music and arts. And I'm, a, I'm personally a big fan of Broadway musicals and films in general, and I'm so excited to share these awesome fun facts with you. So let's get this started. Woo. So... Yay! <laughs> Number one. So while watching a movie, you may have come across a fight scene where a character is angrily hit with like a glass bottle and it shatters all over the place. And so I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> yeah. And did you know how they do that without hurting the actor? No, that's well, very hopeful. I, I, I mean, I probably should have known that a year ago. <laughs> well, the bottle that they use is actually not real glass. It's actually made out of taffy. And so yeah. the taffy's colored to resemble the actual bottle that they're trying to replicate. And then it's shaped into the right size and it's hardened. And so it has that glossy texture. And then it even breaks into pieces if you hit it really hard enough. The only difference between that and a real glass bottle is that the actor's not hurt at all by contact. And it doesn't leave any scratches or bruises. But because it is taffy, um, these fake bottles are really, really sensitive to light and it can melt if you leave it out in the sun. And so it's a lot more costly to make than a normal bottle as well. Wait, wow. doesn't it still hurt though? Because it's still hard and taffy. So breaking it over someone's head would still yeah. cause pain. I'm, I'm guessing it's, it's probably not. It's probably like those... Um, the pain that you feel at the moment, but it doesn't really like last because it doesn't leave bruises or anything like that. So I'm sure you feel oh, something. Oh, great. It's so acting probably, does have costs. Oh yeah. my gosh. Actually, I don't want to be an actor. I, I don't think anymore. I've seen. T- <laughs> I think, you know, these days it's, um, I don't know. I haven't seen that many fight scenes lately so maybe i don't know maybe it's like a old thing that's actually funny because most but, entertainment uh, nowadays like to use well in the old days like to use a lot of fight scenes and people punching each other and stuff like that doesn't seem like there's too much of that nowadays yeah, yeah and they have a i lot think more stuff just blows up. like yeah and with all the good technology and stuff really you can just use stunt doubles and then like you know replace the face or something so i think like the need for special effects have been going away a lot, I think. Well, so special effects still contributes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, my number two fact, you know, speaking of fight scenes, there's also fight scenes with animals. And um, you really have to wonder whether these characters actually battle the lions and the bears for that long. And the actual answer is no. The fight lasts a few seconds. The actor only fights for about a few seconds, and the filmmakers set up multiple cameras around the set and shoot from various different angles, and then they string the footages all together, and voila, the viewers think that this fight has been going on for a few minutes when it's actually been only a few seconds. And another twist is that the animal that these actors are fighting are not animals at all. 
they're just very realistic life-size dolls. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that changes things. Yeah. So I suppose that's a good thing, though. I don't really want to actually go into a ring and fight an actual bear. Yeah, yeah. I w- you-, you, you don't want to, Steven? You don't? Okay, maybe if I had some practice... You know, I could probably fight a few some, people around here that look like bears and then and see how I fare against gear. them. Fight people yes, that look like bears. Bear. <laughs> protective Is that what you said? I'm sorry, okay. your beer bottle idea has totally gotten into my head and it's influencing everything I say. <laughs> I want to make hard and taffy now. We should do it one day. And make like a glass bottle and drink out of it with it. Yeah. I offer Shandara's head as the sacrifice. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, so moving on to number three. We all know Jack Sparrow um, from Pirates of the Caribbean, and we know Johnny Depp, who plays Jack Sparrow. Did you know that Johnny Depp has a disorder called stereo blindness? And that what? doesn't mean he's going blind, <laughs> but it just means that he can't watch movies in 3D. And his condition happens to those people whose eyes are not aligned correctly. And it prevents the eyes from focusing on stuff that they're actually trying to see. And so, um, and actually this condition is not very uncommon. It's, it may affect up to one-fifth of the population. That's actually, huh. I don't know whether to feel bad for him or not. Because, I'm sorry, the new 3D trend... It really hurts my head. <laughs> I can't yeah, really it, does. it does make and me it's dizzy. way more expensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And the I'll... new 3DS, like a video game system made in 3D and portable, that just, why? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't yeah. understand. And I feel like every movie is so coming out in 3D now. So, Vivian, what do you think about this 3D madness that's going on? And do you feel sorry for Jack Sparrow's actor for not being able to see in 3D? Well, you know, I think it's nice to have that option of going to, like, 3D or just the normal movie. But I don't know. Like, to me, 3D isn't that much different from 2D, except it just kind of makes me dizzy, personally. Yeah, I remember yeah. going to a 3D movie as an eight-year-old, and I saw a giant snake coming out of the screen to eat us. That was pretty frightening, but yeah, also but very really scary. Yeah, and uh, like, <laughs> Stephen, what you were just saying, it reminded me of Harry Potter, that moment. <laughs> Harry Potter reference. Anyway... <laughs> So I saw the be- last Harry Potter movie in 3D, which is pretty... It was, was it intense. good? It was intense, and I should have seen it in two-dimensional, in my opinion. Oh. Okay. It takes the story out of the movie. It just makes it, like, there's a point where there's, like, too much action, and 3D mm-hmm. pushes it to that point sometimes. Yeah. Honestly, I can't imagine Harry Potter in 3D, because I've seen the 2D one, and it's just, like, that's good. <laughs> that's enough, Yeah. 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 Okay, so, um, fact number four, um, we're going to move on to musical theater. And as I've said before, I'm a huge Broadway fan. And, you know, I've seen tour productions for a lot of musicals. And I went to see In the Heights last year. And it was amazing. But the musical that I want to talk about is Rent. The writer, Jonathan Rent. I love Rent, too. And, um... Did you know that Jonathan Larson, who wrote the book, the lyrics, and the music, he 
died at the age of 35, and he never got to see his show premiere on Broadway. Oh my god. It's, it's really sad, and the musical's actually really radical. Um, you know, it touches on themes like AIDS and drugs and gay-lesbian relationships and this fight against poverty, and I think it was so revolutionary, and he was such a forward-minded artist, and he received two Tonys and a Pulitzer for, um, for his work on Rent. Is so, that the one that has the song Seasons of Love? Yeah, yes. that's okay. the one. See, I actually know I something now. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Okay, and speaking of theater, um, Shakespeare is a playwright that you really can't forget when you talk about theater. Um, but did you know that back in his days, women were not allowed to take part in any kind of plays at all? They felt that public performance was unchaste and inappropriate. And so instead, male actors took on the female roles. So in like Romeo and Juliet, both characters were played by guys. And apparently this cross-dressing was very common and had been for centuries ever since the ancient Greeks. So I thought that was interesting. That is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think my friends <laughs> kind of are going to <laughs> My friends are going to start telling me to go join that acting troupe now. Wonderful. Yeah, play Juliet. Yeah. I'd really rather not. But <laughs> I mean, I mean I don't look good in a dress. The last time I wore a fake made dress out of <laughs> bed sheets, it was really weird and the wig kept on falling off. So I looked more <laughs> like one of those I, lo- I look more like a zombie than a woman. Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> I probably should not have brought this up not right for now. You. <laughs> no, it isn't. You and you know, your hair and cross-dress. Yes, I think you should do that. I think I'll be fine. Thank yeah. you so much for joining us, Vivian. And thank you for interesting facts and great pictures in my mind. <laughs> All right. Listeners, thank you so much for joining us here at Voice America Kids, and thank you for Star Style Productions for producing this show. Learn more at www.starstyle.us. We are your hosts, Stephen Zhao. And I'm Chandara Pashal. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Express Yourself. We want to hear your thoughts, and we want to answer your questions. So email us at btsyateenradio at gmail.com. That's btsyateenradio at gmail.com. And check out our website at btsya.com. And you can upload your creative works at our site for free, get involved with Be The Star You Are charity, and just know we really appreciate your donations. And most of all, remember to express yourself. And entertain others. Good night. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself